Good morning. You are listening to 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and TheSyncBook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. Today is the 10th of September, which means tomorrow is the 11th, but this is 2013, and I am William Morgan. This is episode 101, (laughs) and we ask you to look hard. Everything we're seeing lies at the edge of visibility. And this is true no matter whether our gaze is up and out or down and in. Today on 42 Minutes, we will consider what's worth seeing even if we are currently unable to see it right now. And we'll do that with our guest, Mr. Ken Kalfas. Mr. Kalfas is the author of three novels, Equilateral, The Commissariat of Enlightenment, and A Disorder Peculiar to the Country, which was a finalist for the 2006 National Book Award. He has also published two collections of stories and was a finalist for the Pin Faulkner Award. His writing has appeared in Harper's, The New York Review of Books, and The New York Times. More information about Mr. Kalfas and his work can be found at his website, kenkalfas.com. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, well, today we're contemplating the destruction of the two as featured in your 9-11 theme book, A Disorder Peculiar to the Country, and the completion of the three found in your latest work, Equilateral. There's an interesting cemetery, symmetry uh-huh. be- between... There's a, <laughs> there's, Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on one hand, we're considering the duality, and on the other, you know, it's the trinity. Could you briefly explain the premise of your latest novel? Sure. Um, that's actually a really interesting connection there that I had not myself had not made. Um, but essentially, my 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 new, my new novel, Equilateral, is set in the late 19th century when there was a, uh, a great deal of interest in the world about the possibility of there being life on other planets, um, particularly planet, particularly planet Mars, just as there is today with the possibility of life on other, on other planets outside our solar system. Mm. And but back in the 19th century, people thought they they were pretty sure they saw they saw canals uh, being constructed on the Martian surface, evidence of uh, of a great intelligence. And there was a lot of discussion by astronomers and by the public of how we might relate to those um, beings on Mars. In my novel, um, and there's some talk about communicating with with Mars. This is before um, radio. Uh, in my novel, um, there's a great international effort. This is totally made up. But it was discussed um, a great international effort to um, excavate in the Egyptian desert a triangle uh, 300 miles on a side that would be visible um, to observers on Mars. Um, and on a certain date that they knew that the American that the um, Earth's astronomers had calculated would be the Earth would be most visible in the Martian sky, they would fill this triangle. Uh, a few miles on a side with um, um, petroleum and then set it on fire and signaled to Mars that um, we had built this triangle and that we were intelligent um, beings. So that's sort of the premise of the novel and um, things don't go well <laughs> in the course of it as, as it does in as many human and endeavors. And um, there's also a love story also involving a triangle and uh, a great deal of effort on the part of um, the main character, an ast- a British astronomer named uh, Sanford Thayer, to um, get this triangle constructed. 
Right. And so that kind of leads us, we can go a number of directions, but mm-hmm. the idea of progress. And so Thayer really um, is uh, motivated by this notion of Darwin. Yes. Um, like a lot of, like a, like a lot of um, 19th century um, thinkers, very much impressed by Darwin and by Herbert Spencer, um, another another British um, um, natural philosopher. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that 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 there was progress in the universe, that that, that, universe, that the universe evolved. There was evidence, of course. So they thought they thought there was evidence that that that, that um, um, creatures on Earth evolved. And there's also some discussion about the direction of evolution, the belief that evolution made for more complicated. Um, um, more sentient beings. This is an idea that still that is still very current in, in, uh, in, in the popular. Well, still current today among many people. Though scientists don't believe actually evolution has direction anymore. Right. But uh, most of the planets evolved. That that for example, um, um, they went from being very watery planets, like as they believed. Um, 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 Venus was the planet Venus was that that the Earth was in the middle stage called um, the, what they called the terra, terra aqueous stage, both both land and and big bodies of water, and um, Mars was in the Mars which had no obvious bodies of big large bodies of water was in the last um, last stage, um, and that that. That and the other planets in the solar system would also evolve in, in their own in, in their own way at, at the right times. Um, so there was a great deal of belief in in, in evolution of all things of all, of matter even. And this is from Herbert Spencer, driving the universe forward. Well, where are you at as far as your own you know, <laughs> well, mental you model know, of this? You know, contemporary science doesn't 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 um, doesn't support that. I mean, um, evolution on on uh, evolution on Earth is um, you know you you know a species fill whatever niche is available to them that they best survive in, and um, there's there is no there is no um, evidence that there's a force that 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 that, that Drives um, species to further complication of specialization. Um, the discovery of intelligence, you know, the formation, of the um, the creation of, intelli- of intelligence, the human intelligence, was not um, ordained by evolution, and it was, it was just it was just an adaptation that may or may not, in the long run, be beneficial. <laughs> We're still trying to figure that out. You have a question. Um, and, 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 and and on other and other and other planets, if there's life on other planets, we don't know if 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 there is evolution. We presume there is, there would be. Um, we don't know if it would it would move towards intelligence. Yeah, and now I'm hearing David Bowie in my head, sailors fighting in the dance hall. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's a quote uh, to that. You in uh, it says the closing century has succeeded in proving what previous times have only fitfully suggested, that history moves in a single direction and that the direction is forward. Since 1800, railroads have replaced horse-drawn conveyances. Photography has re- replaced the inexact daubings of painters and representative legislators have replaced despots. These innovations have dramatically enlarged man's imagination. 
Charles Darwin's theories have won acceptance precisely because of the evolution of living species echoes or, or, of living species echoes the progress of our age. And so mm -hmm. it seems like this paradigm is still very much in play when considering the West versus the rest of the world. And, and so this notion of... Uh, 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 let me just jump in there. I mean, sure. that's, 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 that's from my novel, and that's, that's being written in the ninth, that's being written by, that's being, um, that's what people did think in the 19th century. So yes, you're, you know, I, I mean, I think now in the 21st, we have a more um, balanced, we don't, we don't, we, we no longer feel the West is more evolved um, than other parts of the world. Um, well, you know, I, one would hope. Well, we, well, I don't believe that, and, and <laughs> I don't believe that. I mean, this novel is is in, is in part intended to show, or intended intended to, to dramatize or or employ some of the um, misguided uh, attitudes of Victorian science, particularly, um, and 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 uh, and that's what the novel is about the the belief that we the belief that. At a given moment, we are the epitome of of consciousness. Is um, is, is is a fallacy, and 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 um, uh, my characters, my characters built I mean, the equilateral triangle they're building is a vast colonial project. Um, you know, they're, 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 part of the novel is their relations with my. The Europeans um, relationship with the um, different peasants who are digging this um, triangle is certainly one of a colonial. Um, it's sort of a colonial attitude, and um, we're, we're hopefully past that now. And um, but the novel is meant to um, to dramatize how uh, the way we think of this at any given moment then seems to color. I mean, the way we the way we the way we conceptualize history uh, can is is a result of our prejudices, our prejudices and um, biases, and uh, there's always the opportunity that we might be um, free of them, <laughs> hopefully at some point. Yeah, and so some of the the quotes that I really appreciated, you know, were like where uh, I think the the foreman, you know, says something like, we offer them an instruction, still they mm -hmm. refuse their lessons, you know, so you mm -hmm. have, or uh, when Thayer is kind of, you know, uh, reprimanding one of the guys saying, don't you want any grandeur in his life? Mm -hmm. And then he says, you know, I'm filled with grandeur. It's just a different notion than the conception of the West. Right, right, right. They're coming, I mean, not only must they um, dig this, this sand, this, this billions of cubic feet of sand, they must deal with um, a, a a people who don't see the world the way they do. And in some respects, there's that that issue that you know how the West deals with with the third world, especially uh, how the, the third how the West deals with the Arab world um, is still a keen is still a keen um, um, a keen particle. A key matter of debate, and certainly our our misunderstandings, our tendency to talk past each other, uh, animates contemporary politics. And this week, even yes, Both. and and so uh, that kind of leads us into the other book, 
mm-hmm. disorder peculiar to the country where 9-11 was kind of this breakthrough moment where uh, in some respects the West had to consider this other viewpoint because mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. moment. Could you describe the... the uh, well, I'll describe the book. Yes. The book? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, I mean, that... Um, okay, so that novel um, um, is was was uh, is about a couple um, in New York who are having this um, terrible divorce. Uh, one of those divorces that lasts forever. They're still living in the same the same apartment. And on the morning of uh, September 11th, um, the uh, fellow goes to work at um, the World Trade Center, and the uh, wife goes to catch Flight 93. Um, she misses a flight, and he's late for work, and um, uh, but that morning, they each, that morning when the whole world is full of um, shock and grief and uh, the normality of the tragedy, uh, the two of them are each uh, secretly, secretly, secretly thrilled. <laughs> it's a black comedy. Um, the rest of the no novel, kidding. the rest of the rest of the novel basically is about the rest of, is about their divorce. Their attempt to get divorced in the next several years, and almost everything that happens to to them in their divorce. Everything that happens to us in our public life that those years, the the anthrax attacks, the, the invasion of Iraq, the the um, first um, stock market um, collapse, yeah. plays out in some way in their um, in their private lives, in their in their, in their divorce, um, and so does and so does and so does and as as you mentioned, um, this realization that we sh- we share this world. With, um, with, 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 with people who don't understand who don't understand us, or we don't understand them. Um, right. The uh, you know the third world. So so that's that's a factor in it. Um, you know that that is mostly that that novel is in a way is more of a satire or novel about the um, America in the early in the um, early Bush years, Bush's first term, while. This novel is more uh, takes a sort of broader um, view of of human history, uh, sort of the late nineteenth century, more the late nineteenth century, and the era of um, exploration and, co- and colonization. Yes, these books are related somehow. Mm, yeah, and I have a third. I have another. My my first my first novel is set in. Um, Set in Russia, early part of the 20th century, Commissariat of Enlightenment, and that novel is also has, um, you know, it's something to do with history too, and the rise of rise of propaganda, electronic propaganda. Um, um, so all these all these three novels tend to play with historical themes, and but the attempt is to play with historical themes, but but um, center them. In the lives of the characters, in some way, show how history affects us as, as, as individuals, or how as individuals we, we move in history. Is, am I reading this a little as a satire a little bit? Yeah, by, uh, uh, I'll be collateral. Well, I mean, is the whole collection of your novels seem to I, put the I, characters in like a situation where the reader knows that there's more information that the characters don't have. So it's almost like the situations they're in are somewhat futile. Mm. That's, interesting. That's interesting. Um, but the, the reader having more information, though with historical novels, you tend 
I guess it's always that possibility. Um, I consider them all comic in one way or the other, with an element of satire to me. I'm not sure, um, you know, the different kinds of comedy in in my in my work. Certainly, there's an element of satire in disorder peculiar to the country, and a few elements of that yeah. in the other books as well. But certainly, they're comic, and certainly the whenever you write about historical events, there is a possibility, there is a likelihood that the reader, that we all as readers, looking back, um, um, you know, at the past with our with our knowledge, that, that the act of reading a book set or writing of reading a book set in the past is a historical um, activity. You're you're looking your technology you think you know and um and it, it informs your re- it informs your reading of the book well, so with disorder mm-hmm. that was uh i mean it was really well received yes thank you um yeah. and i really appreciated it because at the time i really needed to be in that space I, you know i think we're mm-hmm. about 2006 is when people really started processing a lot of what had happened and where we had mm-hmm. gotten. But, I mean, so how was the writing of that one? Because, I, I mean, in, it, in some respect, it seems really risky to do a, a satire about 9-11 right on the heels of the thing, you know, when people are still trying to process it. You know, things take a really long time to get published. Um, I wrote that first chapter about the... Um, about the uh, about the couple in the, and, and the tower was coming down in November, December of 2001. Um, and I, and I had, uh, and I had a lot of trouble publishing it actually, you know, as a short story, which, you know, maybe, I mean, right. Which is partly because of the total subject matter, partly because, um, um, uh, Sometimes things will get published because <laughs> don't quality of the work. But it, it finally was published in um, 2000, about a year later, I guess, in 2000, early 2003, in the um, magazine section of the Philadelphia Inquirer, a newspaper in, in here in Philadelphia that used to run fiction occasionally, and it got a fair amount of uh, negative comments. Um, and uh, but I felt. You know, I think when I began writing something like that, there was at the end at the end of um, when the tragedy occurred, there was a great deal of um, comments about how irony was dead, how how we never be able to write about this, that we never be able to use satire again. Oh yeah. And I just that was like wave, waving a flag at me, you know, a red flag at me. And so I just no, I no, I you know, that's my bread and, my bread and butter. Um, I want to do this, and. Uh, um, you know, I just felt I, I just felt I just felt um, I could do it. You know, I knew it was it might get a, it might get some people's people um, upset, but I also knew that you know the mock. I mean, I kind of knew actually <laughs> that readers that there's a readership for anything actually in this country. People will accept. Stuff and there's been much more satire. There's been a lot of satire after after that, since then. And even you know, by the time the book came out, uh, um, it would I would prefer to have it come out a few years earlier. But um, you know, I think the I think people wanted a different a different narrative. People, people even early even 
I'm sorry. Shortly after, shortly after the, or in the aftermath of 9/11, there was this sort of narrative being built by the media, and some respect by the Bush, Bush administration about what happened and how we should feel about it. Mm. You know that they were all. I just heard yesterday on the radio, in fact, someone talking about the 3,000 brave souls we lost on 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 um, September 11th. And I didn't know they were all so brave. I, some of them might have been cowards, and they, they're people too. Um, so I immediately felt there would be an, an interest in, in another kind of narrative about the event, a narrative where um, where you know I, you know I, when, I, when I began this when I began this um, project. You know, and there's all this discussion back then about all the great heroes who we lost, and of course the firemen are a special case there, um, because you know, and they, by most conventional use of words, they could be called heroes. But most people who died there didn't know, didn't know what was called, what was happening. Um, you know, I did a basic calculus when I wrote that story. I said, you know, if 3,000 people were killed that day. That's been one or two happy spouses. There's knowing a little bit about um, human relations, and from it's there, so I, morbid, but it's so true. Well, you know, um, I, you know, I think it, it was a little bit morbid. But sometimes that's where you go for your, your, your best ideas, and um, and that's and I felt and I was I think I was correct to feel that within that there was interest in in, in a counter narrative in something. That would um, that would just look at things a little bit uh, differently, and um, I think you know some of the reception for that uh, acknowledged acknowledged that. In um, in reading it again, I was kind of struck. So one of the things early in the book is how well it captures the terror, mm-hmm. and, and when I read it the first time, I wanted I wanted the terror because I wanted to be in that space. But it was a really different experience this time going through that, where uh, I felt a little removed from the terror at this point, where we're at now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it was almost kind of, I, I don't know, it was a, it's a much different experience. But um, uh, huh. it, it wasn't, I guess it was irritating. It's like uh, a wound that I didn't necessarily want to consider again on on some mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. uh oh i lost my train of thought no, it's okay. no, I, no, no, no I understand that's interesting <laughs> train wreck um, of thought you know it's interesting earlier you said something about well we know we now know something you know when we look back at these at historical events when we write about when we read novels placed in the past we're coming to it with certain knowledge about what happened mm-hmm. then because and Interestingly, to read it, to read disorder peculiar to the, to the country now, um, I would imagine the the experience would be a little different because we know what's happened in our public life right. since then. And you that know, was we, that's where I was going with that. So yeah, so that's the book came out in uh, 2006, and right. you have history marching forward, progressing, if we if we will. Right, right, right. And so, how do you feel about I don't want to give away the ending necessarily, but how right. do you feel about the ending that you wrote and then the political life and reality that we're facing now? Uh-huh. Well, hmm. I think the ending, the ending that I wrote, um, I mean, I could 
I mean, I could just say, you know, the I mean, for readers, I think it's okay to talk about this. The end in the last, the novel basically goes from um, the the destruction of the towers to the invasion of of the invasion of Iraq, and every chapter plays off an event in our public life in those years. Um, the, the final chapter plays off in some regard to the fantasies of um, of of the, the neoconservatives who who had believed and hoped that um, that the war in Iraq would cause a um, and a, a spread of democracy through the Middle East, and and who saw Rosie, you know, saw America's soldiers being welcomed with chocolate and flowers, with with you know stable democracies and everything like that. The novel. The, the last chapter of the novel actually plays with those uh, fantasies where those things actually happen, where, mm. um, 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 you know, uh, they, are treat, they are greeted as liberators. Um, so uh, I think the subsequent history of the Middle East shows, I mean, even the history then, that in fact, I mean, there's no way you can slice it, but I don't think we are saying that the invasion of Iraq was a disaster. Um, and, you know, continuing violence in Iraq is, is still pretty upsetting, though Americans are no longer uh, directly involved in it. Um, so, uh, and of course, we have not seen, well, actually, the Arab Spring is actually something I'm still very hopeful about, but clearly the Middle East is still very much unsettled. And, I, and it's very possible that historians will, um, they discuss, you know the these decades in the Middle East. Um, I think they will probably assign. Uh, well, certainly a factor was how the how the American invasion of um, of Iraq um, upset um, well upset a lot of upset a lot of the um, uh, relations between between the between countries and communities, particularly the Shiites and the, and the Sunnis. So anyway, um, looking back, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. You know, I'm pleased. This, I, mean, I think the story. I think the last chapter worked, and that's what I'm happy for. It worked in the. I think it worked um, in the context of the novel, um, and you know, history goes on, and new things happen, and new things to be amused about, and new things to think about, and relationship to um, ourselves in history. Um, this new book, Collateral. You know, you know what I feel is just changing sort of a little bit here. The, the, the circle moment that I think we're entering in this century, the new big story, um, of course the Middle East story, but I do think this is a century where we may or may not, where we, where we may discover life outside our planet, um, or maybe a century where we discover why there's no life outside our planet. But I do think this, that might be the story of this century, and I want to um, write something that involved that story, that 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 piece of history. Um, so, yes, I'm interested. I'm always interested in how how individuals and in, uh, relate to the big historical events of, them, of their time. I kind of read my my reading of the ending was um, at this point now, and mm-hmm. it was that. We enter into these lifelong relationships kind of naively or lightly, and it seems mm-hmm. like we we might 
as a country, start wars under the, that, that same kind of... <laughs> That's an interesting thought. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's so hard. I mean, yeah. so here we are on the precipice of something, you know, something similar, another... Here we go yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what people feel. I think. Um, maybe before we get married, we should. Maybe this should be a rule before we go to. Before any of us get married, we should ask Congress for permission. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would. That would. Um, that would uh, certainly uh, give us more. Give us more thought. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I do think there's always a parallel between our. I, mean, I do think there's a parallel in our personal lives and our public lives. I think, I think one of the themes of disorder was that um, our public, the public, public news, pub, public life, has become so much a part of our personal lives that we, you know, we live and think, we live and 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 um, and dream about. News. My wife comes home. My wife comes home. My wife comes home from work every night, and she asks me, "Well, what you know? What's happening in Syria? Or what's happening? You know? I mean, uh, we tend to take those public events very seriously. That's not that's not always been true. You know, we there was moments in our in our lives, um, in our history, in our history, or when when what happened, when you know, distant wars and distant political events did that mean much to the individual? You know, plowing his farm or 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 or, or mending his shoes or whatever. Um, now it's in our face, day in day out, and both disorder uh, peculiar to the country and the previous book, uh, the Commissariat of Enlightenment, is meant to reflect on reflect on that. Well, so one one um, one thing I'd like to maybe like take a, a digression in. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the the idea of Parsifal, and so and and I'm speaking about like the Holy Grail, which according to Eschenbach was delivered by neutral angels, you know, between pairs of opposites, and so you know we had the War of God and the Devil, and then the guy who ended up with the Grail, the Grail King, he was um, in a duel with a Muslim, and. Uh, the emasculating blow that you know made the Grail King what he was, you know, this wounded king, you know, was from the lance that was written Grail upon it, and then later Parsifal duels unknowingly with his half brother, who is a North African Muslim, you know, but that was his only worthy opponent. And so, can you speak? I mean, so much of your work seems to consider, you know, the other and these pairs of uh-huh. opposites. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so, like in in uh. The equilateral, they they find a pyramid. You know, they're they're right. digging this trench, and here it is. Here is higher aspirations that they're seeking, and Thayer says, you know, it, it bury it. This is getting in our way. Right, 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 right. Um, I don't know the possible story. Is that, is that in the Bible? Or something? Is that in no, the Bible? It's it's medieval Grail stuff. Uh-huh, it uh-huh. has a Christian. Um, Sorry, Ken. Doug reads a lot. <laughs> I guess so. But so do I. Definitely not the same books. Uh, that's interesting. Um, so it, 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 it's a medieval text. Yeah, uh, 13th century, I think. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, but he was definitely playing with that idea of uh, the 
you know, the other as it's almost like your shadow or your mere reflection is the thing that you're fighting, you know, which in uh, um, mm-hmm. disorder was his spouse. And then in equilateral, we had, uh, you know, he's trying right, to right, manifest right, right. this huge project, but he needed these people to believe in the project, but he didn't. He didn't even see them as people on some mm-hmm, level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yes, that's 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 great. Um, thank you for that. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Certainly, that's that's. Uh, you know how we how we. Okay, so this. Is, I mean, I, I think one of the one of the one of the um, foundation for this for this for this novel was uh, one of the foundation for human consciousness is this perception that's almost primal that there is an other that there's something that we can't see that is um out there you know at some point in the novel he talks about beyond the campfire and um i think a great deal of human um effort human imagination human human well, human culture depends on the idea that there is another uh other beings out there okay um maybe you know we're some of the light there's some of the dark perhaps maybe the people we we would do maybe there are creatures we would do who mean ill to us maybe they're creatures who will be our very best friends maybe they're creatures who will be our gods um you know the the search for um well, the two, the, 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 the search for those things we, we don't know, we don't, we don't, we can't see, is deeply ingrained in the human psyche. The idea that there are those we can see, you know, those people with different colored skins, different, different, um, different, different sex, different country, different language, they too are somehow um, our antagonists, or just something. You know that we have to, we have to sort of imaginatively capture, figure out, you know, define them who they are as as being different. I think it runs through um, human history very much. So I think the there's a lot of discussion in the century of you know, the other, the capital O. You know, who, you know, a good deal of our colonial, our colonialist and imperialist history depended on us. Uh, um, Typifying people we encountered as being not the same as us, as being something well, not human or not well, not human or subhuman or just um, different. Even when we romanticize them, which we which we often do, even as we make them noble, savage, whatever, it's still to put them apart from us to 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 deny the you know, what we have in com- what we have in common. So um, you know, these are the issues that have bedeviled human beings always. And I think, or the thought that I play with in this, in this novel is the idea that when we, you know, when we think of, of, uh, of um, alien beings, whether they're on Mars or on Kepler-52b, um, you know, we think of them as, first we think of them as the unseen, for whom we can project our, um, our, our fears, our passions on, and then if he didn't counter them, well, then the relationship becomes also one of a part. You know, are we, are we two similar intelligences or are we very different? Can we communicate at all, even? What, 
what do we what will we what will we project? What thinking will we project on them? What thinking will they what thinking will they project on us? You know, so so these are the issues that 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 could very well become um, very much discussed in the next century, if you know, as we discover more planets around other stars, as we discover atmospheres on those planets, as we scan the skies with the radio waves, we may soon won't be asking ourselves, well, you know, if you do find something out there, who are they? What are they? Um, how can we really relate to them? And um, this is something I'm at the moment, I'm very excited about, I'm interested in. Um, and um, these questions, they'll go back. They're not new questions, they're old questions. It's, it's interesting to me. You see um, the way that media portrays, uh, you know, extraterrestrial life or anything. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any comments about the things you agree as far as media is concerned, or is there a way that they're showing uh, that extraterrestrial life and, and a sense that you don't agree with? Well, you know, we it's all speculation until we actually find any. Um, certainly, you know, we it seems to me that Hollywood movies in the last, you know, 10, 20 years seem to be predicated when they deal with the aliens that there would be alien invasions, that they would, that they would, they would want to do us harm. Mm-hmm. And there's a good reason for that. You know, we've always, when we've encountered other 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 species, we've done them harm. <laughs> so, you know, it's not unreasonable for, and that to drive, to drive a lot of um, 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 uh, plot making. Um, yeah. You know, the only the only thing it's, I will, it's I mean, necessary. It's necessary it, to have the conflict, or it would. Well, be it seems story. to be. You know, they, they, these are our fears that they that that, that you know, and I mean, H. G. Wells uh, captured this beautifully in his Victorian uh, novel about extraterrestrial life and War of the Worlds, where you know he assumed that there would be a war, and, and he was basically thinking about the European invasion of of Africa and the Middle East. Um, you know, I do think that possibly a, a more benign um, encounter. But I will stress that the actual encounter itself is very is very unlikely because of the distance. I think more because of the distance involved um, between stars that we certainly can't uh, travel to their to their star their stars, and that they're very long lived. You know, like creatures who live for for, for millennia, they really can't travel to our to our, to um to our planet, so I presume any connect any contact we have with um other creatures on any of these planets that we we're discovering every day now um would be via radio or you know, of you know via signals of some kind, but even that has you know has the opportunity for much for much and you're gonna make a movie out of that obviously even that great movie Contact um um based on the Carl Sagan novel in the end, has some kind of encounter towards the end. Um, but um, um, I do think one thing the media probably doesn't stress often enough is that whatever contact we have with um, with other creatures, will probably, with other with aliens, will probably be a remote, you know, rem, 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 remotely through some kind of communication. 
in your story, it takes on more of a, a mathematic thing. I mean, there is no well, actual. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the basis for the for communication that we assume, and that's I should mention that earlier. Then any, any basis for language between ourselves and other intelligence most likely has to do with mathematics. That's that's the one thing that's universal. That a triangle um, on Earth is has the same number of sides as a triangle on Mars or any other planet, uh, 180 degrees, um, you know, and and a line and a line from from the apex to the midpoint of the opposite side will create two right triangles of equal area. You know, those are the mm-hmm. those are the base. You know, you know those are those are the facts that every every creature, every species will presumably share. So that would be the basis, and that's why my my astronomer in my um, in my novel is, is creating this triangle because he knows that it'll be the beginning of a dialogue based on mathematics with the um, beings on Mars, with the observers on Mars. And Probably the last question that I have for you would be how sure. how how do you think your own work has evolved? Um, has there has been progress? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, how's my work evolved? I mean, I've, you know, I, you know, I feel that um, I'm getting more fluent in my language, and so it's a little easier for me to write. So that doesn't inspire your question. Isn't what you? I mean, for myself personally, the ideas that I have to write about. Um, you know, they're out there. They're things I lived with my whole life. You know, things like I care about the the issue of life on Mars, life, 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 life um, in the universe has been on my mind for 30 years. So, um, as I've gotten more, I think, more skilled at it, I'm better able to um, tackle some of these issues. You know, I, you know, I made 30 years ago. I could not have written that novel, so because I just didn't know how to do it. But um, <laughs> so. You know, I think. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> you know, some, when you do an interview like this, you 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 hope to ask. You hope you get questions that you've thought about before. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this has been a, this has been a really uh, fun interview and well, um, and, and challenging. Um, and that last question, um, I have to really, I haven't really thought about. It, it's all right because the the new book is wonderful. I love oh, it. Oh, thank you. Um, thank but you very much. That's forty two minutes. You've been listening to Ken Kalfas on forty two minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and the SyncBook.com. More information about the work of Mr. Kalfas can be found at KenKalfas.com. More information about the SyncBook, our guests, and to check out past shows, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Please be sure and visit our our website at forty two minutes.com. Also, if you'd like to participate in the SyncBook Facebook contest, visit our Facebook page to answer these two questions: Which SyncBook volume? Volume 1 chapter begins on page 237, and what is written on the tarot card on page 317 of Sync Book Volume 1? Ooh, tough ones. Thanks Th- a lot. Yep, thank you. Okay, Mr. Kyle. Pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view 
and she's hooked to the silver screen. But the film is a sad thing for, for she's lived it ten times or more. She could spit in the eyes of fools as they ask her to focus on sailors fighting in the dance hall. Take a look at the 